This is Eric Rutan of Cannibal Corpse. You are listening to the Scars and Guitars podcast with Andrew McKay-Smith. Greetings, everybody, and thanks so much for joining me. This chat features a conversation with New York death metal elite Ross Dolan from Immolation. Now, the catalyst for the conversation is due to the launch of a new album from the group titled Acts of God. It is out right now, and I have picked a tune to play before we listen to the chat. I reckon I'll go with The Age of No Light. Here it is. Thank you. 
Cross, Andrew Mackay-Smith calling for our chat. How are you? Hey, good. How are you? Good, good. Hopefully I've caught you at a good time. Yeah, let me uh, just get out of this fucking venue and go across to the quiet space <laughs> where I can hear you better. <laughs> no worries. Uh, what time is it? What time is it where you are at the moment? It's seven o'clock uh, p.m. We're in Colorado right now, and it was just a real shit day. It was like we hit a lot of snow. It took us like ten and a half hours to get here last night, so it was pretty fucking brutal. Oh, Jesus, uh, yeah, it yeah. Yeah, you guys don't have much of that white stuff down there. <laughs> no, we got. We could tell you what we're surrounded by floodwaters at the moment, though. I don't know whether you know between coronavirus and bloody Ukraine, you're catching much of that news up there. But uh, around us in Queensland and New South Wales at the moment, it's um, it's terrible, mate. It's just uh, I don't know. It's like we've gone from it's biblical almost, isn't it? We've gone from pestilence, bushfire, and plague into bloody floods now. Yeah, it's insane. Yeah, when I, you know, John um, from Nuclear Blast was setting all this mm. up, was telling me he had a lot of problems, and I was like, oh man, that's a fucking night. Any kind of flood shit's a nightmare, man. You know, I've had situations like that at home, and it just it just fucks everything up, man. <laughs> I mean, you know, you get the black mold, you got to fucking yeah. completely fucking tear shit apart. What a fucking nightmare! I, I yeah, it's horrible. It stinks. Uh, you can yeah. just smell it. It's just the town. It just doesn't leave the town for ages, does it? No, it's fail. It's fucking toxic, that shit, you know? It's like, uh, yeah, that sucks, man. I'm sorry to hear that, man. Really fucked. No, good, mate. We're kind of used to it, I've got to say. You know, I think it was only 2017 we had the last slot, so here we are again. It's just, uh, I don't know, I just remember as a kid, you know, big events sort of happen once every five to ten years or something like that. But ever since 9-11... Uh-huh. Almost every, yeah. maybe not every year, but you know what I'm saying. It's just constant. well, yeah, it's it's been insane. I mean, yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's true. I mean, like you know, I came up in the '70s, you know, in '80s, and it was like you know, you, you know, you had your you know Cold War shit and that kind of stuff. But I mean, now it's just like fucking nine eleven. Yeah, you're right. Nine eleven forward, it's just been everything changed, <laughs> like That's everything. Yeah. Just so fucked. You know, it's well, like what else can they they gonna throw at us? Oh, well, you know, God, I hope I can mention this, mate. you got Biden as president over there at the moment, so I'm not sure it can get much worse. You know, yeah, you. yeah. I mean, well, hey, man, we had, yeah, we, yeah, I, yeah I'm not a fan of any any of the, the last uh, numbers that we've had. <laughs> They're all kind of fucking fail, man, you know? Did you see the recent uh, thing where Biden said, um, it was one of those news clips that came through, and uh, he said two black guys were standing on a stage. They were clearly politicians or in, in the political process or something, but uh, one of them was, he looked, I mean, let's face it, guy looked Arab and there were two black guys. What did he say? He literally said this. You can check it out, Google it or what have you. He said, you two boys look like Obama and you look like you'd blow me up. <laughs> this is the sort of what? shit the president's saying now. Yeah. What the fuck? That's fucking, yeah, man, I don't know, man. It's like, is it really a democracy when we're forced to choose between two fails? <laughs> I mean, it's, mm-hmm. it's not really a democracy at this point, you know? It's like when we have zero choice and really any kind of candidates, you know, that have a ton of money behind them and really I don't see any of them really representing the people in any way, shape, or form, you know? Trump was no better. I mean, I, I can't fucking sing praise to that fucking guy either. He was fucking a total nightmare, that guy. We grew up with Trump. He's a fucking New York guy. So mm. I've had Trump in my, you know, just on my radar my whole life. And that guy's a fucking total fail, too. So, I mean, you know, they're all fucking fails. Yeah. It's no, like, he's well, a who's worse? Yeah. What, what's yeah. that? He's a narcissist. 
Yeah, he, I mean, of course. I mean, he's you know, it's like, is it really wise to elect a billionaire <laughs> to represent the regular people? Is that really wise? Uh, I don't think so. <laughs> no, no, it's 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 been the last two have been shocking, and it's it's a really sad indictment for democracies everywhere. I think we've got similar issues down here, mate. You know, all Western democracies resemble each other, as I'm sure you're aware. You've travelled a lot. Yeah. There's really no difference Absolutely. between Australian and American politics. You've got two parties to choose from, and they're both bad. It's just a pick the least worst. Yeah. I, I absolutely, you know, and you know, the thing that's like just just so just annoying to me is just how divisive it is. I mean, our country right now is probably the most divided it's been in like my whole lifetime. <laughs> you know what I'm yeah. saying? It's like insane. And over like political lines, I mean, is that what is that the hill we want to die on? Really? Yeah. Over politicians? Really? I mean, if we could collectively come together and say, hey, you know, we need better choices as fucking leaders and rulers. We need better people that represent us. I mean, you know, it's just like it's like we're not all that different. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's just yeah. like, you know, we all kind of all need the same shit, you know, but, you know, we're divided along all these political lines and religious lines and all this other fucking shit. And it's just like just a good way to keep, keep everybody fragmented and, and just fucking at each other's throats, you know, and keep our eyes off the ball. You know what I'm saying? Hmm. Yeah, no, I agree, mate. It's been it's in the last five years, especially. You know, we've seen critical race theory, radical gender theory, um, the whole the whole gamut of proto Marxist, or maybe not so not proto Marxist, neo Marxism, in fact, is, and it's just about dividing populations alongside along the lines of identity and what your belief systems are. Where it's like, holy shit! No, I mean. We are people, for God's sakes, and we've got as much yeah. in common as what we don't with each other, but the differences need to be celebrated. Always the case. Yeah. The differences should be – nationalism should be embraced and the differences need to be celebrated because if you don't have the differences, differences what the hell are you? You just turn into a – you know you know those suits that the Maoists wore in China, those grey suits and where everybody sort yeah. of looks and has the same yeah. haircut and all the rest of it, like they do in yeah. North Korea, for example. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, you know, we have we, there's just so much happening right now, like you said, with the fucking whole Ukraine thing. I mean, this is just a fucking nightmare, man. I mean, these fucking poor people are just getting fucking devastated. <laughs> I mean, you know, yeah. what the fuck is that? I mean, you know, it's just like no matter where you look, the news is negative, <laughs> you know, and it just it just sucks, man. It's just like, but I, I just hate to see the, such divisiveness, like, you know, when there's so many other things that need to be addressed, really. But whatever, we're not going to solve the world's problems right now, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> All we could do is, like, play some music and, and try to have a nice escape from all that shit, you know? Mm, I'm with you. So so on that note, how's the, the tour must be going very well then, I take it, is it? The tour's been doing really well, actually. Uh, you know, obviously our first time out touring um, since the pandemic hit, so it just feels good to be out. It feels almost back to normal here in the States. I mean, it's it's great to be up you know, on stage and seeing everybody, you know, in the crowd, so enthusiastic and having a good time. And it's just great to see all our friends and to talk to people again. And, you know, it, it just almost feels normal again, which is fucking good for the soul, you know? So hmm. yeah, the tour has been going great. We got Mortiferum from uh, Washington uh, with us. We got Imperial Triumphant with us. So it's like a great fucking oh, package. Wow. Okay. And, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the bands are fucking killer. I mean, both those bands are just fucking sick bands. You know, everybody kind of brings something different to the table on this package, so it's great. So, yeah, and then uh, Imperial drops off in a couple of days, and then we get Black Anvil for the last five shows, and we're tight with those guys. We love those guys. So, yeah, I mean, but it's been a good vibe, man. Fucking everybody's having a blast. Shows are really good, good turnout. So, yeah, 
I'll take it. Sweet. Yeah, will you be catching up with the Blood incant- Incantation guys in Colorado? I think they're from Denver and they've two of Oh, they're, guys, they're so. coming out. Yeah, they're coming out tonight. We were just texting them. So we'll see them tonight. We'll see our buddies uh, Steve uh, from Cephalic Carnage. We'll see, yeah, a bunch of people. Sure, the old singer from uh, Skinless might come out. So, yeah, we'll, uh, you know, should be cool. Good party. Yeah, gotcha. Well, look, it's all possible because of this, your 11th album, this tour, I mean, An Act of God. And it's, can you believe it's your 15th release overall, that including DVDs, mm. EPs, that sort of thing. But um, look, just talking about the album specifically, what more can I say? It is grinding, pure grinding classic emoliation, just as we the fans love it. And you're, you're on point on this album here. But I guess the question after saying that is to what, if anything, can you attribute the success of your decades-long songwriting in partnership with Robert and the lads based on the quality of An Act of God? Uh, I guess we we all still really enjoy what we do. You know, we're still very passionate about, you know, you know, creating music that we enjoy, you know, uh, music that's uh, dark and, and haunting that has like that, that, that specific type of feeling that we strive for and something that has something to say. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, we, we still enjoy it. We enjoy the whole process. You know, we enjoy, you know, uh, you know, creating the music together and, and, you know, recording it and then getting out on tour and being able to perform it to everybody around the world. I mean, every part of it is, you know, is cool for us. You know, it's just something, mm-hmm. you know, we've always enjoyed, you know, and it's, uh, mm-hmm. I guess we're very fortunate to be able to, you know, uh, still be able to do this after like 34 years at this point, yeah. you know? So, you know, and it's, you know, we never had any intentions, you know, as, you know, as I've said a million times in interviews, we never really, you know, thought, you know, thought about the long game when we started in 88, you know, it was more like, Hey, you know, we love this kind of music, you know, and, you know, once we first heard like some of the, that earlier stuff, you know, we were like, wow, this is awesome. You know? So we were all about creating something dark and heavy and sick and unique. And, you know, we, we still have that feeling every time we, you know, we start a new album cycle, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So I guess that would probably be the main, uh, I, I guess, uh, you know, the main uh, driving force behind us is the fact that we all, we're all on the same page. We all have to share the same vision more or less about, you know, what this band means to us and what it means to the fans and how we want to proceed forward, you know? So, mm-hmm. yeah, I guess that's probably my best answer for that one. <laughs> that's a solid answer. Yeah, yeah. Look, I'll leave with the album for about three weeks or so, but not long enough. I think to pick up that you've tried something radically different or new this time around. So, did you try anything radically new or different this time around? Um, you know, Bob always tries to, you know, build on I guess what he's done in the past and try to keep it true to what we've established. You know, true to that foundation that we kind of started back in the '80s. You know, mm. um, but he always tries to you know infuse some new elements. I mean, nothing off the charts though. No, no left turns where the fans would be like, "Huh, that was unexpected." <laughs> you know <Yeah>. what I'm saying? <laughs> I think with this album, he just really just delivered something that was really sharp and concise, you know, dynamic and just to the point, you know, all the songs are, in my opinion, standalones, which is, you know, rare for us, you know, there's always, you know, some really good songs I feel on the record. And then there's some songs that I always feel could have been better or could have, you know, been tweaked a little bit more to make them better. But uh, I think at the end of the day, I mean, 
these uh, the songs are just strong and concise and heavy and dark and just I, I think some of Bob's best new material you know in years so yeah, I yeah. love it I think it's great it's great Look, I'm a musician, I'm a guitarist and a bassist, and I'm a bit of a student of death metal guitar playing. And you've got guys like Trey from Morbid Angel, of course, that, that get their due, and Alex Webster on bass and Cannibal Corpse. Robert never seems to get mentioned in the real great death metal, the, the death metal guitar greats, if you like, which I think is an oversight. And I think it's more the yeah. quality of journalism that's out there than anything else. I don't think it's anything Robert's, you know, Robert's out there yeah. doing interviews or what have you. But Robert yeah. has one of the most unique and distinct styles in death and extreme metal. So um, yeah. would, you, would you agree with my statements there that you do feel that he's an underrated death metal guitarist and he doesn't get the acknowledgement that he should? Absolutely. I've always felt that. We, I, always. Since day one, you know, I've always felt like he's always been overlooked and just, you know, kind of overshadowed by everybody else. And, you know, and not to take anything away from some of the other greats out there, like you mentioned, you know what I'm saying? But there's mm. a place, you know, there's still room for Bob in there. You know what I'm saying? It's yeah. not like, you know. So, yeah. And I think, uh, you know, I think with this album... I see things starting to kind of change a little bit. I see people finally starting to realize this and say, hey, you know, this guy has over the last 30 years consistently put out great material that's unique and, you know, it's not generic. It's just very unique and it, it, it's, you know, it's very identifiable with the band. I mean, you know, we, 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 we kind of established that identity back in the 80s, you know, and yeah. it was important to kind of maintain that throughout the years. So, and he's done just that, you know, and he's, he's, you know, experimented enough to kind of make things interesting, but he hasn't gone over that line. You know, what, what, what some bands sometimes do, they cross that line and they go into that uncharted territory. And mm. sometimes the fans aren't a fan of that. I know a, as a 15, 16 year old fan, you know, getting into this kind of stuff back in the day, if a band jumped a shark, man, you were just like, not <laughs> about that stuff. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So anyway, so he's always tried to kind of you know, maintain the essence of, of this band and what he started. And, you know, and I always felt he should have been recognized more for that. But, uh, you know, it, you know, at the end of the day, it is what it is. I mean, you know, we don't, it's, it's not anything we really dwell on or think yeah. about really, you know, we're talking about it now. So yes, you know, that's, that's how I feel about it. But yeah, I mean, we never, it's not like you do this for the accolades and, and any other bullshit, you know what I'm saying? We're just happy mm. to do it. And the more people who like it and come out to our shows and are excited about it, you know, you know, it, that's, that's what counts. You know, when kids like, you know, I was talking to a friend of ours last night, came out to a show and, and she was like, wow, man, you know, I really needed this record, man. This, this record really helped me mentally, you know, uh, it was just such a dark time. And when I heard this this album finally you know after the anticipation i was so just in, in such a good place and i could relate you know music music helps helps us through those those times in our lives you know we've all been there you know and you just kind of get absorbed in the music and it it's it's you know it's it's therapeutic in a lot of ways and it's fucking you know it's great man you know and i and, I, and it's and it's unifying in a lot of ways, you know, it brings people together, you know, it brings, you know, the metal community is, is always united, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And I think that's the unique thing about it. So, so that's kind of what it's about really at the end of the day, not about whatever, who's better, or who's not better, yeah. who cares, you know, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's yeah. never about that shit. Who cares really? The, mu the music, the music that matters and the fans have voted and you're one of the most popular and enduring death metal bands of all time. So that says it all really. Huh. Well, that's cool. I mean, you know, listen, I'm just, at the end of the day, I'm just glad 
people enjoy what we do, you know, and I'm, and you know, like I said, man, and I feel fortunate, you know, at this age to still, still be in the game and still be part of it and to still mm. feel like I'm like 16 again, as far as like, you know, how excited we are about, you know, this record and just getting out there on the road and, and touring. It's just awesome, man. So yeah, it's a good place to be. <laughs> <laughs> what about uh, lyrical themes this time around? Did you want to address, gosh, we've already spoken about what's going on in the world. So did any of that end up in the lyrics this time around? Yeah, of course. I mean, it always does. I mean, you know, during the pandemic, we were all locked down and we were kind of, you know, in our homes, just, you know, wasting away. So you had to kind of look outward and see what was going on around the world, you know, to kind of, you know, feel like you were part of something, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So, so yeah, I mean, it was just so much, you know, and, and again, people always ask, is this, was this album inspired by the pandemic? No, not at all. It wasn't, it's not a pandemic record at all. You know, it's, but I mean, it's about things that were happening during the pandemic and even before the pandemic, you know, and there's a lot of that in there. You know, we, we've touched on a lot of the anti-religious themes again, and, you know, we've come full circle with that. And that's just because, like, I've read, I've just read so many crazy articles about so many fucked up things, like, you know, uh, that were done under the banner of religion, you know? And it's just, to me, it's just so disheartening to still, like, see this in, 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 the, in the modern age, you know, that superstition and, 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 you know, denial of fact and reason is still prevalent. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's just, to me, it's disheartening. It's almost like we are going backwards as a species, you know, and that's kind of what the song the age of no light is about. You know, it's about that. just like, are we really progressing forward or are we fucking going backwards? You know? So, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of that on this record. So, um, so yeah, we definitely touch more on the religious themes uh, more heavily on this record. Like I said, um, and there's a lot of social things on there too. Just a lot, just a good hard look at the world and and humanity as a just fucked up species. Because that, that, I mean, that's the only way I could I could put it. That's how we are. <laughs> you know, yeah. I don't exclude myself from that. But you know, when you're looking at the big picture, look at all the fucked up shit we've done. You know, and it's, it doesn't ever seem to be getting better. I mean, we just spent the first ten minutes of our conversation talking about how things keep getting worse and worse and worse you know so so anyway but i am hopeful <laughs> with all that negativity I, I still try to be hopeful so we'll see we'll see how things progress yeah indeed yeah hey look um i talked about robert's guitar playing as a feature of the band but i mean look the probably the most prominent things as far as fans are concerned is your vocal and to give you props for that you were certainly one of the first death metal vocalists that I listen to. I'm 43, okay, so I've been listening to this ever since I first heard Legion, DSI's Sick. Legion back in 92. And I, I distinctly remember when I heard your vocal thinking, I understand what you're singing. You were about the only person back then where that could be true. Now, everybody has the, it's very, it's a very, the death metal vocal style is a very musical thing, meaning it's an instrument into itself. You know, it's a voice, sure, but it's an instrument as well. But please tell me you get, you get recognized for that during interviews and in conversations. Yeah, sometimes. I mean, you know, it, people do mention that. I mean, I've read that even in just reviews and stuff, which is cool because I, I do try. I mean, for us, the lyrics are as important as the music. They work hand in hand. So we've always, as you know, from day one, spent a lot of time, you know, working mm -hmm. on our lyrics, you know, trying to say something, you know, through our lyrics and, you know, saying it in such a way that it's, you know, 
you know, I like, for example, this album, every song has a specific idea behind it, you know, but it's written in a way that's somewhat ambiguous. You know, you don't want to give it all away to the to listener. You want you want people to get something out of it as well. But uh, the lyrics mm-hmm. are always super important to us. The ideas, the themes we touch on, it always it was always it always meant a lot to us. So. So, yeah, I always felt that, yeah, it's important to fucking hear what I'm singing, you know? So there's a way to articulate it without losing the heaviness and yeah. the ferocity of it, you know, and, and just that sickness, you know? So, so mm. yeah, I mean, I've always tried real hard, you know, on every record, you know? And, of course, over the years, it's 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 gotten... For me, it's gotten better. It's, you know, I think, uh, you know, I think I'm more comfortable with, you know, my role in the band. I wasn't originally supposed to be the singer. <laughs> you know, I was just the bass player. And then mm-hmm. I kind of got thrown into that role. So I had to kind of adapt and adjust on the fly before, like, a, a show we had our first show in, like, 88. So that's how that all came to be. So I was never comfortable being the quote-unquote front man. You know what I'm saying? I hate to have, I hate to be the guy with the attention on me. You know what I'm saying? I'm not mm-hmm. that guy at all but unfortunately that's my role so i you know i have to kind of you know make the best out of it so i do my best but i mean as far as like yes i mean i i definitely try to articulate what i'm saying it's so important to to hear hear those 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 lyrics you know and i do my best so i'm glad people recognize that you know and i try to keep it you know heavy as fuck with every record (laughs) you know so i do my best yeah gotcha now your, your base too. Your, your base recording setup for the album "An Act of God." Uh, can you can you talk me through that? The uh, what the base? Yeah, the the base recording setup you use. So the base you used, and if you used an amp, what amp? Oh, oh, okay. Um, for this one, I think I used the same setup that I did for Atonement. Um, I you know I try different things every every session. You know what I'm saying? Um, mm. uh, just to see how it sounds. But with this session, I got a really good sound. Um, I think I was using an, uh, an SVT, Ampeg mm. SVT Classic, but one of the original classics, not one of the newer classics, you know what I'm saying? One of the mm. old school ones. Yeah. Our producer, Paul, has um, uh, has a, a, just a whole, you know, you know, you know, arsenal of like vintage stuff. So uh, I tried that out maybe on Atonement, maybe before, I can't even remember, but I just love the sound of that classic, you know, that classic SVT and it just sounded great, you know? So I just used that and there really wasn't much to dial in, you know, and I've been an Ibanez man since day one, you know, since I started, you know, messing around on the bass in like 86, 87, you know? Mm-hmm. So I've been playing Ibanez basses since day one. And then when the, the Sound Gear series came out back in like 90 or 91. Yeah, that's I all I've played yeah. since. Yeah, that's yeah. all I ever played was Sound Gear series. So so that's what I'm playing now. It's SR, I think it's 800. Um, uh, pretty sure, you know, I'm, I'm bad with that shit. I'm not like a, a gear nerd. <laughs> you sure know not. what I'm saying? I like what I like, you know what I'm saying? I know what I like as far as sound. So, uh, but yeah, so that's pretty basic. It's, you know, that's kind of all I'm running through, you know. Mm, yeah, gotcha. Yeah, yeah. The sound. The, do you like the Ibanezes, the sound gears in particular, because they've got the thinner neck and it's easier for you to play them? Yes, yes, absolutely. You nailed it. It's uh, they're just for me. They're just really light and just super comfortable to play. You know, I, I, you know, I move around a lot on stage, so I don't like shit that's pointy and awkward. You know, I just yeah. like just regular Strat safe uh, shape. Those are nice and thin. They sound great. I mean, you know, I, 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 I love them, you know, and I've just been playing them forever, you know, and, um, 
I don't, I have an SVT Classic that I have at home, but I don't bring it on the road with me. I use, uh, I've been using a GK Gallon Kruger. I think it's a 700 RB. That's what I play here live. And I have uh, Mesa cabinets that I've had since the 90s that are just fucking badass. Mesa Boogie, I got two 15s and two 10s. On this store, I just brought out the 15s and it just, just sounds fucking bombastic. Wow. So, my God, yeah, it must sound yeah. like a bloody helicopter's behind you. Yeah, it's fucking, it's it's fucking nice, man. I just fucking, I love that, you know. But you know, when we when we do like festival runs and stuff like that, I typically will will choose the SCT Classic and the A10 setup that that uh, yeah. Ampeg has too, and those are fucking great as well. But you know, at you know, I. I've been using the, the uh, Mesa Boogie because that's that's kind of what I got in the '90s, and I and I'm very attached to it. <laughs> so that's what I use at home, you know. Yeah, and it survived obviously that what 30 years now almost. So obviously yeah. you've had good roadies that have treated well. Well, yeah, I mean those <laughs> those cabinets I bought before fucking Dawn of Possession came out, and I'm still using oh, them on the road now. And like countless people have have like we're using we're sharing our cabinets with uh, Mortiferum and uh, Imperial Triumphant on this tour, so they're using all our cabs, and we usually try to do that. You know, when we're headlining, we always usually extend that to you know the support band just to make life life That's easy good. for them yeah, and to, to help with changeovers. You know, and yeah. you know a lot of times they're just going out in a van; they don't want to bring the trailer, so just to save space for them, and it's you know it's not a big deal. You know, so yeah, so we uh, so we usually do that so um, like a ton of people have played on my cabinet so it's kind of cool there <laughs> you know they got a history nice. to them too <laughs> cool yeah i play galleon kruger actually yeah and I, I i've never switched actually i've got to say i've just found them um i use a 2001 because i play five string but i play a lot of funk stuff as well and you just need oh, okay. that rumble yeah you just need that rumble to go through um and also yeah. i'm often playing on stage where there's virtually no pa or back line so I just, it's yeah. just me. And yeah, you have to have that versatility. Yeah. You know? What's that? You, know, you got to have that versatility with it all. You know what I mean? You just, you just yeah, got to have something absolutely. where you can turn up really loud or you can play it soft. Exactly, exactly. And typically we don't, we're not, we're not loud. Uh, we don't have loud stage volumes with span. You know, we have a, yeah. a, a, you know, compared to a lot of fucking metal acts, our stage volume is, is kind of like tame, you know? Yeah. So, so it's not bombastic, but in those situations where you kind of need it, you have it, you know? And I, I mean, my settings on my GK with what I'm running now is like pretty much dialed all the way down almost to the bottom. I don't need to come up and pass like one or two. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Oh, That's how yeah, fucking wow. ballsy it is. Yeah, yeah wow. so it's, it's, it's nice. Mm, yeah, cool. Hey, look, how much time have I got with you? Have I got time for one more question? Absolutely. Cool. Look, you've, you've worked with Swen from Aborted on album covers in the past, and this time around you've yes. partnered with um, Eloran. I think it's Eloran Cantor. I hope I pronounced his, yes. his name correctly there. Yeah. Look, he's done a lot of sick stuff recently, and, and a very good example is your artwork here on An Act of God. So did you, was it you that gave him the brief for what you wanted the artwork to look like? And can you tell me about like the, the meaning, if there is any, behind the artwork? Yeah, I mean... With all our covers, we're really hands-on and very meticulous about what you see on the covers from the beginning. Um, so we go as far as writing to the artist and telling them, here's the album title, here's what it means to us. Visually, here's what we're looking for. 
you know, as far as placement of the figures on the cover that you see, the tone, the coloring, everything, you know, we kind of like just laid out there, you know, and we almost even sent Illarend a sketch because we've done that in the past too, sending the artists just like, it's just a, you know, shitty sketch that we draw just to kind of give them an idea, you know, um, we didn't do that this time because we felt like, you know what, let's, let's let Illarend, you know, let's let let's see where he's coming at coming from you know let's see his perspective you know because that was the whole thing we're trying to figure out the perspective of of what you see on that cover and let, let him let's let him run with it and and see what he comes up with and he got right back to us and he said hey man i fucking love this concept he's like i would i would only ask to you know maybe you know make a few adjustments if you guys are cool with this and he made a couple of changes that we didn't even think of. We were like, wow, that's, that's a great idea. <laughs> you mm. know what I'm saying? Originally the dark rays coming down, we're going to be burning the angels. Um, right. he had, he suggested it almost like that, like they were melting the angels. And we thought that was really cool, you know, cause we were trying to get a blend of that dark surrealism of like the artists, like the Polish artists, so Bikinski and of course between that and some of the classic, like, um, Renaissance kind of, you know, uh, religious painting you know mm-hmm. and Illaran has that perfect you know blend of both of those kind of vibes in his in all of his art you know and that's why we we went right to him we're like this is the guy we wanted something much darker um than the previous records something a little bit different and something that had that kind of you know nod to the old school classic you know, uh, religious paintings, you know, mm. but done in a dark way. And I think he fucking nailed it on all fronts. You know, it was, it was perfect. And, you know, the, you know, the idea from that came, we, we just sat down and we just read through the lyrics, you know, when they were all completed, we were in the studio and we saw a couple of things that kind of popped out of us. There was a lot of mentions of light and dark light throughout the record and, in, in, you know, multiple songs. Uh, uh, and then there was also a lot of mentions of fire you know, as, as a, as a cleansing mechanism, as a, as a purging and as a destructive force as well. So that's mm-hmm. where we kind of got the idea of the dark light kind of burning the angels, you know, um, that would, that got changed ultimately in, in the final piece, but that's kind of, that was the catalyst for that concept, you know, um, mm-hmm. you know, that's where it came from more or less. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Well, I guess my final point is also a question, but I would love to buy a tour t-shirt with the Australian dates on the back with that artwork on the front. So please tell me you've, you've looked into or investigated coming down here, down here in the near future. Oh, absolutely. I mean, this year we're focusing just on the U S just because things just like, you know, we, we decided not to do Europe this year uh, for, you know, touring wise, we did mm-hmm. doing a couple of festivals over there, but that's it. So probably in 2023, we're going to look to kind of expand more and just kind of get out there more around the globe, you know? So mm-hmm. definitely Australia, New Zealand, you know, uh, will definitely be on the list. I mean, uh, we're tight with uh, Dave Haley from Psychroptic. He's a really good friend of ours. Oh, and, okay. You know, he's, yeah. yeah and he's brought us down uh, twice already, um, and he's the man. He's a good friend, solid dude, fucking honest guy, and, uh, you know, a guy we trust and we love working with, you know, and, and everything goes smooth with him. So we will probably reach out to him in the near future and, and see what we could uh, put together, you know? 
Yeah, yeah, he's, he's in about 15 other bands these days, as you're probably aware. So if it's not psychotic, yeah. there'll be some – Werewolves is another killer one with a great guitarist. Yeah. Matt, Matt Wilcock, he's a guitarist that I think you'd love to listen to or hear. He was in oh, Acre Cocker and a few other yeah, internet, you know, oh, British okay. – Yeah, Matt, Matt's yeah. a killer guitarist. If you ever – if you okay. guys ever get together, I think you'd make some – you'd make a hell of a record, I must say. So. <laughs> sick, sick. Yeah, Dave, I mean, Dave's just a fucking – just a beast behind the kit, man. But he's a humble dude, man. He's a, he's an awesome dude, like great guy, man. We love that dude. He's just fucking awesome, you know. So yeah, I mean, it's just it's just cool when you just kind of make these friendships around the globe with like good people, good solid people, man. So yeah, we're we're looking forward to it, man. So uh, you know, nothing yet in the works, but uh, you know, we will uh, you know be addressing that in the upcoming months and try to start planning out 2023. So I'm sure you will see us <laughs> sometime <laughs> next year with this album cycle. <laughs> no worries, mate. Well, look, it's been fantastic to finally have a chat to you. You can tell that I'm a fan. I've been listening to the band for a, a long time now. I used to love reading your interviews in Metal Maniacs back in the day. Oh, wow. Old um, school. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Yeah. You know, I used to love looking forward to that. I especially remember, what was the album that they, they celebrated? Um, what was the, your album from 2000? Sorry, I've got a mental blank. Um, uh, but I remember, well, oh, it's uh, Close to World Below, probably. Yeah, that's the one. Sorry. But yeah. Remember yeah. they did a massive deep dive on that in your recording process, and they, I think they spent a couple of weeks with you or something, or one of the journalists did anyway. Do you remember that? Does that uh, ring a bell? Vaguely. I mean, Metal Maniacs, like, uh, I mean, we were in Metal Maniacs a, a couple of times throughout the years, but I don't like, I don't remember specific. They may have done something like that. It's been like so many fucking years. <laughs> oh, God, I can't remember. <laughs> but I just I remember, that's how I became familiar with, so in Australia, there was there was a couple of publications, but none had the reach of Metal Maniacs, of course, and I just loved reading about yeah. you know, bands like, you know, you guys, Incantation, Suffocation, Morbid Angel, Cannibal Corpse, Deicide, Obituary, all of these bands, it all seemed like it was just so far away and distant to us here and it's just such a wonderful wonderful privilege now for me to be able to talk to you so i appreciate it Ah, it's awesome yeah i mean same for us i mean it seemed like you know (laughs) well hopefully one day we'll get to i mean mean, and it took us forever to get down there to you guys i mean Mm. you know we only just came down there when atonement came out so or right before atonement came out so it took us a long fucking time so you know we always, you know, you guys are always on our radar. Just that, you know, we just never had any opportunities. You know, uh, it's not like we could just say, "Hey, we're going to go down to Australia and play." <laughs> you know, yeah, you got to kind of. Yeah, I know. It's, it costs yeah. more to come here than probably anywhere else. I get that, and I think yeah. most fans get that too. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, you know, once we finally did make it down, and we saw like the reaction, we just really got to experience it firsthand. That was awesome, man. Everybody was so fucking awesome, man. Just so excited to, to see us and talk to us and it was just such a good vibe man yeah we loved it down there man it was fucking awesome so yeah I mean we will definitely uh, be planning to return <laughs> trust me <laughs> wonderful stuff mate well look I'll let you get back to your preparation for tonight's gig good luck with it I'm sure it'll go off and uh, enjoy catching up with the fellas there in Blood Incantation and Cephalic Carnage and the like man um, yeah congratulations on an epic career to date and just hope to see you down here as we say soon Awesome. Thank you so much, my man. Pleasure speaking with you. Thanks for having me and uh, hope to uh, meet you in person once we're down there. <laughs> oh, I hope so. We'll have a beer, mate. I'll make sure. I'll try try and have a beer with you in Brisbane <laughs> next time you're down. Okay. <laughs> Sounds sure, good. Bro. No worries. All right. Bye-bye. Catch you, mate. Bye-bye. Bye. Well, that was him, Ross Dolan from Immolation. What a pleasure to chat to the legend. What a, what a great fella. I love having these conversations. Now, before I let you go, 
please go across and check out my book. Go to scarsandguitars.com, hit the link in the banner, and it'll take you to it'll take you to another link. Yes, it'll take you to another place where you can select a marketplace in which you can peruse the book. In the book, what can you expect to read? A bit of a summary about many of the conversations that I've conducted for the podcast with some of my own life. Bit of it's a bit autobiographical. Autobiographical. I'll get it eventually, too. But uh, yeah, you can go across and you can download a sample from Amazon and and Apple. Yes, they both do that. But there's Barnes and Noble and a few other retailers there. I've already had a few listeners hit me up and say that they've bought the book, and I genuinely appreciate that, truly appreciate that, because, yeah, it will cost you some money to buy the book. The podcast is done for free, of course. It's something that I do as a hobby, but I thought, why don't I turn my hand to writing a book and see what happens? And so far, so good. So if you're interested, go across and check it out, and uh, tell me what you think. This is the Scars and Guitars podcast, and my name is Andrew Mackay-Smith, and until next time, it is a very goodbye for now.